<laughs> so anyway, we're we're back on our uh, maybe bring Mike a little bit up to speed what we've been doing. We're we're on uh, the quest for authentic manhood, which I call the Warrior Wrestling Project (WWP). We're doing that on our Wednesday nights now, and uh, I want to recap some of the common enemy points that we looked at last week. Uh, number one, the strategy of the enemy. There are three areas in First John you can read all that's in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of God, but it's of this world. And the world passes away, it says. So you've got the lust of the flesh, which you think about that, that is a blow to your body, to the temple of the Holy Spirit, if you're a child of God. If you're a man, it's just a blow to your body. But that's what he's, he's, his strategy is to come that way. That's one of the biggest ways, especially when you're younger and you still have the the blessing of the Lord coursing through your veins. You know, I, I say it this way when I'm counseling for premarital counseling, the younger couples, I say, men, boys, I, I, Todd was the last guy. I did. Todd, I say, here's what happens with you. Your body is screaming all the time, make babies, make babies, make babies. I said, that's from the blessing of the Lord. He put it, said, be fruitful, multiply. That's what's there. And the ladies are, well, we got to have a, a nest. We got to have a nest. We got to have a nest. <laughs> we can make babies, but let's have a nest. They want security, you know. So that's a big issue for men to deal with, for men to. Uh, I heard a fellow one time say that men need to be, he said, if you want to be a real man, you need to be a monster and then get married and let your wife tame the monster down. That's the way he put it. I don't know how true that is, but he, he was being funny. But so we men have got to deal with that. we got to deal with that monster in this flesh, that, that body of sin, as it's called. So the lust of the flesh becomes that blow to your body. Then the lust of the eyes is a blow to the mind. We get the term eye candy. It's a blow to the mind. What happens? Your mind, what you think on is what you're going to move toward. What you think on is what you're going to move toward. What you speak out of your thoughts is what's going to move back toward you. That's just... That's a law of physics almost. It's going to move back to you. So we got that lust of the eyes, and we have the pride of life, and that's a blow to the spiritual part of your being, the real you. The pride of life is saying basically like Lucifer, I don't need God. What do I need you for? I'm going to overthrow you and put me on the throne. And that's what ends up happening. That's you know coming up. I, I've been kind of sheltered through the decades. Uh, I marry this woman who founded Rock House Kids, Okay, and been in, ordained the same number of years as I have, but she's pastor. She's founded four churches and all that. But she founded Rock House Kids and was in that environment, Seventh uh, and uh, what's that, Broadway is that area over there. Well, what she found out, she had a church going there, minister to the homeless, but then she, she ended up, God said, put, take that down and do kids only. And it was, she, the kids would come over there, and this little kid named Carl, this is in her book, came over there and said, uh, you got any food? So she gave him food to go home. Gave him, they gave him food sacks, okay? Well, Carl would take his food sack, and she caught him going over there and putting food in his coat pockets and pant pockets. And she said, what are you doing, Carl? Well, you don't have to do that. We ha you take all you want. He says, well, here's the problem. When I go home, my mama's uh, newest fellow that's at the house, he takes whatever we have in these sacks and eats it and doesn't let us eat, have anything to eat. So... That's what ended up happening. The burden was put on her to, to minister to these kids. And she has seen every kind of pathology among the mental pathologies and social everything among the kids and is accustomed to it. And I'm not. I have been relatively sheltered. I mean, 
you know, here, for instance, on our honeymoon, we were in Florida, Daytona Beach, and <laughs> we got to this big, huge swap meet thing. We're going through this thing, and there's this shop, and it was a bong shop. Well, I'd never seen a bong. <laughs> I'd never seen it. So we're up there, and the guy comes and hey, can I get you one here? You want to try some? And Dola's like, um, 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 hold on a minute. She says, I don't think you want this. <laughs> and then she had to explain what this was. I didn't know what so that's how sheltered I have been all my life. But Dola has not, uh, she's accustomed to that stuff and knows how to deal with it. And uh, she knows, that's why, I don't know if y'all have noticed, she gets pretty direct in her talk sometimes, in her speech to people, and says things I wouldn't dream of in a way that I wouldn't dream of because I've been used to doing bold. a different, she's bold, yeah, I guess she could bold. say bold. And all. She'll do that, that's because of that environment that she was operating in for so long. She's accustomed. I think she tells you how it is. Well, yeah. She doesn't. Yeah, she, she, she doesn't sugarcoat it like pastors are trained to do. I'm telling you, <laughs> that's, that's true. That's the truth. In school, they train you don't don't be mean to your people. Okay, <laughs> be sweet to them. <laughs> so, anyway, we. <laughs> she she's. I'm trying to train the kids to use diplomatic language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and she she shares with you. So many times she is, Rachel has gotten this shocked expression when she says things to her, answers her back on things, mm -hmm. you know, because she's unaccustomed to, to hearing that. But that's, that's funny. It's a funny thing to think about. But here, we've got some things to deal with, uh, power uh, moves to gain advan advantage over the enemy. Remember, the enemy, number one, has a society-wide, worldwide uh, attempt to suppress real, genuine, godly manhood. You think about that. You know, and I quoted you the New York Times artist that said, uh, the real problem of biology is the male. What is he doing here? Why does he hang around? Why is he still with us? That kind of attitude is going to tell you society is not going to be real welcoming to true manhood. Society is going to make, they do make fun of it. Think about that. They do make fun of it. You know, <coughs> look at the movies, look at the preachers on movies. They're always a kind of a goofball or some kind of molester or pervert or something like that. They're always. That's how they always portray them. That's society. That's a war of the culture on it. And then it's based upon the fact that the enemy of the soul, the, our enemy, is after manhood because if he can knock manhood out, he knocks society out. He knocks the plan of God out. He knocks it out, knocks the legs out from under. Now, what do we do? Some things that we can do. Uh, number one, submit and resist from James 4, 7. Some of you can quote that from heart, right? Submit yourselves to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist means to make war on him. Submit and resist. Uh, number two, rest and relax. For Genesis uh, chapter 2, verse 2, it says God rested from the work that he had done. He relaxed and rested from the work he did. Not that he particularly needed it, but he was showing us, because we got to do that. Number three, simplify your life. I hear a lot of this. Well, it's complicated. It's complicated. Well, simplify. <laughs> it says in Hebrews 12, 1, seeing that we're, we're surrounded by the huge audience in the stadium of heaven, they're watching us run our waste, lay aside every weight and the sin that easily besets us. Simplify it. Drop all that garbage. Get rid of it. Make a decision that's over with. Okay, simplify. Number four, get financial freedom together. Now, that is possible. You, uh, 
we want to some point do a series of some sort or maybe one of the courses for School of the Bible that we'll put online will be Edenic Finance, the finance of heaven. We want to do that because that's, it's that's important, very important. Completely different yeah. from the finance of Babylon, which is what we're under. We've been under for millennia now, finance of Babylon. And it's completely different, operates on a different basis. Uh, it, it operates on the law of sowing and reaping, as Jesus said it, operates on that. It doesn't operate on, a, my name is Jimmy, I'll take all you'll give me. Or, or like the farmer that prayed, Lord bless me and my wife, my son, John, his, his wife, us four and no more. Maybe you've heard that one before. It's not that, opera, it's not that basis of culture and operation and thinking right there. So get financial freedom from the word, Deuteronomy 28, verse 12. <laughs> uh, number five, stay connected. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, uh, verses 9 through 12 says this, a threefold, it ends up a threefold cord is not quickly broken. What's a threefold cord? You and me and Jesus. You and your wife and Jesus, if that's the case in your life. You and your wife and Jesus, that's a threefold cord, not quickly broken. Stay connected. And at number f six was meditate on the word and digest it. Psalm 119.11 tells David Roden said, Your word, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Meditate the word, make it become a part of of you. Uh, I had a life-changing class in Bible college. The instructor was actually the, the Bible college photographer was his actual title, but he was had a class and I think he was teaching something in New Testament, Romans or something like that. And he told us, he said, I have an assignment. I want you to do this one thing. Get yourself a notebook with some paper you can write on. And he said, I want you to take one scripture, a couple of scriptures, something like that. And I want you for one week, 15 minutes, set your alarm clock. 15 minutes, take that scripture and meditate it. Meditate it means to speak it out, chew on it, in other words, over and over again, deep thinking. He says, watch what happens. Sure enough, that second session, then all of a sudden I'm writing. I fill a whole page up with stuff. Romans 12, 1 and 2, you know that verse. And then there was another one. We did the same thing, the same kind of assignment later, and it, it was life-changing. The way it opens up the inner man, the spirit man, to, to hear from heaven, to be hooked in and... and, and hooked up with heaven's uh, communication system there. Uh, number seven, turn and run. Not turn and burn, turn and run. Turn and run. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, this is if temptation's coming your way. Okay. Uh, it says, uh, you, you, you know, we... Yeah, that needs to be explained. We were standing in battle before, and now we're turning and running. Yeah. We're turning and running. But it's not a retreat. It's get away from the temptation that's mm -hmm. being... Presented, yeah, hey, smart about it when you do it. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, turn and run. You know, I mean, uh, example. I don't know how this happens. Maybe Jeff and Matt might have a better idea on computer internet stuff. This was ten years ago. I I just basically just got enough Facebook. I think Facebook was coming on stuff. Facebook and and emails. What I had, and I didn't do a lot of surfing enough like that on the web. But I would go surfing for something. And these pop-ups would happen, and it was pornographic garbage oh, pictures yeah. on there. And I'd, oh, God, go, oh God. Well, you know what to do? Turn and run. Hit the X up there on the top right. Yep. The yeah, that was advertisement. It, it was, it was uh, what they, is that phishing or spam or something? What is that? Just spam. It's just advertisement. They want yeah. certain sites get they Yeah. So money for that. that's a lust oh, of the eyes deal, yeah. too. But, I mean, when 
something like that pops up, exit out, boom. Someone, I mean, there have been times, and I try to stay away from those kind of areas, but there have been times that, that uh, someone, probably a lady of the night, walks up and starts saying, hey, hey, how you doing? That kind of stuff. Soft and cuddly act and all that kind of stuff. Well, you just say, well, I'm doing, I'm too blessed. One thing is, I'm too blessed to be stressed. God is so good all the time, and they run. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they hit the road, <laughs> hit the road, Jack. <laughs> well, on that note, you know how you get the, going on that, you know, you get all the telemarketers sometimes on the calls. Mm -hmm. I hate the car warranty, guys. Oh, but no, here, here's what you time, do. Man. I figured out the strategy. Well, I'm glad you called today. Do you know about Jesus? Oh, yeah. And if, if they're truly, if they'll usually hang up thinking you're a freak, or if they do stay listen, well, tell me more, then you got them hooked from that beginning. Yeah. Then you can tell them more. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's they right. They want to buy any gingerbread. <laughs> you know, we had. Anybody's called my number and us. <laughs> you know, as, as a result of the thing with the foot getting cut open and stuff, uh, I was not supposed to drive, so Dola's been my chauffeur. <laughs> And we got into it a little bit today, you know, because it was making me, or back and forth was making me, because I was already <laughs> kind of that way. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> they uh, they have kept us, Lord, what was I fixing to say? You, you ever do that? You're, you're saying something, and all of a sudden it, the bird flies away? Yep. Uh, there was a thought, an important thought, actually, that we have to get involved with. Okay. It's never room. lost in there. It always stays in there. It right? stays inside yeah, there. It's, yeah, in, the, the it's in the headphones, right? my wife's name. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It, it actually happened. <laughs> What'd you end up saying? What's your name? Or? No, uh, it, it was right after I I, I got home from, from from my bone marrow. Okay. And it was like probably a month or two after that. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking at her, and she's like, what is the matter with you? And I was like, don't get mad, but... I can't remember your name. Oh, oh, oh. That went over real well. Yeah, well, I mean, she understood. That's a lot better than Gus. <laughs> you know, she understood. It's good you didn't say Susie or something, right? I've yeah. driving the car three blocks, and I forget where I was at. Yeah. That's how bad it got yeah. at, at one point. Mm. Yeah. This, this last three weeks since the hospital has been kind of sort of that way yeah, for me. I mean, the stuff they the, the stuff they give you, wow. I'm glad, I, I'm glad I married you a woman of God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She just looked at me, and she's like, okay. Whatever, yeah, I understand. So number eight is we will practice, to practice the presence of God in our life. Jesus made the statement, I'm with you forever, always, right? And he said, I will never leave thee forsake, or forsake you so that we can boldly say, the Lord is my help. The Lord is present in my help. That's Hebrews. Well, we need to practice that presence. That's probably, I'm gonna say, that's probably the number one way of combating the enemy. Number one strategy is to keep him under, keep him down, keep him from flaring his head up and stuff. You know, and then another thing that I didn't put in the script here, another thing is to invoke the favor, invoke the favor of God. I do that all the time. Psalm 512 says, Lord, you will bless the righteous with favor. You'll surround them like with a shield. And I'll say that, Father God, I'm thanking you. I'm holding your favor against this situation, this circumstance that I'm facing. I'm holding your favor over my kids. They're acting like little turkeys, Lord. I'm holding your favor over their thinking right now to get them in line, to move them into position where they should be in their thinking, Lord. Thank you for that, Father God. I'm holding your favor over this situation with the legal deal that I'm dealing with, whatever, you know. I'm not doing I don't want to go off script because, because I, I know you want to stay, for, but, 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 but to go back to the relaxing part, Yeah. can, can you better explain that? We, uh, 
the, the ultimate example, I think we could all agree, reading through our Bibles and studying, the ultimate example was Jesus himself. Oh. Happy birthday to, well, Happy no. birthday Just to no. me. Well, whoever. <laughs> to Dola. To Dola. Uh, oh. It's me too, so. Oh. Friday. Friday. Ellis in Wonderland always covers us perfectly. But we got cake for tonight. And a very happy no, you young birthday to, thank to you, you, thank you very much. to me. <laughs> we'll celebrate at the end. Is Holly not coming? Huh? Is Holly not coming? She has sent somebody a message earlier is that, this week about is that sugar if she could bring all the kids with her. Because uh-huh. we didn't have a babysitter. Right? Probably, yeah. Did she send it to you? Um, I don't. Gospels as you're going along. Uh, do y'all ever do this? You're reading through something and you just pass over stuff and just like don't recognize it even being there. But you, you can look and if you'll you get the focus on the idea of relaxation and resting, pulling back, Jesus did it constantly. He went off. But when he did it, he was often to get in the presence of the Father and be praying and stuff. He was at home there, you know. So he would do that. He'd pull back and do that. Uh, I've I've uh, I've been guilty of being a workaholic most of my life contracting to support our missions habit in Oklahoma and uh, would be on overseas ministering different things come back and be in that and I got it and then plus we had a ranch so if there was spare time it wasn't going fishing we had fish ponds but there wasn't time for that it was doing whatever with the the, the, the garden the horses whatever yeah everything like that was busy doing that <laughs> so it was that I was constantly busy with things like that and my mind was occupied with that and I didn't know I, I didn't I never got into the idea of having fun my fun well fun was to go help coach the the uh, homeschool boys basketball team and run the court with them three hours that was fun working so hard, it, yeah. it, it's a small little chain makes a difference yeah yeah, yeah but the, it, it would have been better I you know looking back I wish I had schedule time and relax and been with my kids more mm-hmm. because they're not as close as they could be I understand that. to I this understand day that. they're not as close yeah, as they could you know, be I came to the realize I came to realize that when Two weeks time. like shortly after yeah. during the quarantine it's really hard where well, you my son that. would yeah. always go through things but he would always reach out to other people and yeah and mine have done things that would, years. And when he got when he got into difficult things, people would back away from him, and he would have a falling depression, and I would have to pick him up. This your firstborn? You talking yeah, about? Yeah, my right. firstborn. Yeah. And you know, and the kind of it was kind of the same way for my daughter. And during the quarantine, I started. You know, I just started to realize that you know I gotta I gotta do some kind of an investment with with my older kids. So I don't like go in on my days off and say, "Ah, oh, get dressed, we're gonna go." You know, yeah. it, it's nothing like that. I I invest more into the things that they are into, so then I can build relationships with them. Yep. And then. You know, they just, then they just start to go with me. Identification. That's what they call it, identification. And yeah. realize they are you. <laughs> they got your genes. Yeah. At least half of them are your genes, you know. So. Mini-me's. 
Well, mini me, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we just kind of glibly went through the practicing the presence of God. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was is something that could stand a little more explanation. We can do some messages for the whole church on that, practice the presence. Okay. Because, okay. you know, we, we have the obvious scriptural thing that we allude to in Ephesians right. 4 or 5. It says, I keep on being filled with the Holy yeah. Spirit, speaking to yourselves yeah. in Psalms. Yeah, well, I think it's your self talk. I, I, I think that it's um, that, like, when you run into a worldly situation, what do you do? Do you, do you seek God on what direction that you need to go in this? Um, because He's present with you, yeah. and He wants to guide you. He wants the Holy Spirit to guide you, or <coughs> do you just rush ahead with what looks good? You know, it's uh, it's being aware that he's he's yeah. here. Right. Now, one, one time when I in my younger years, um, you know, I, I do still have a flesh, and I you know it's more so back then. I think hopefully you develop a little more over your flesh in time. You know, uh, I, there was I was by myself, and this suggestion comes: Why don't you do this? And all of a sudden, it's like those cartoons. There's an angel mm -hmm. yep. and a devil here. Yeah. Talking back and forth, uh, you know, you're by yourself. No one will see. No one will know. But the other side is saying, "No, that's wrong. Yeah. Wrong for me. It bothers my. I'm not going to do that." If, if you're not practicing the presence, then you're not going to have the discernment to know which of those you should be following. Yeah, you, you know what happened there? Yeah. The number one thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. But I think the number one thing that hurts us all as believers is fatigue. Yeah. I think that's that's our that's that's the, the hardest chip in our armor. Mm -hmm. We brought on by busyness. Yeah. 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 No, no, <laughs> not rest and relax. Whether it's busyness or having gotten mm -hmm. any sleep, or mm -hmm. you know that you know your enemy continuously attacks you because you know that's one thing with that guy. He has stamina. He's he's been around for like over five thousand years. Yeah. Where we. Trying to get some sleep because we ain't sleeping the last two days, and then fatigue comes on, and then when you and we get issue, cranky, yep, and then you <laughs> have a much, much different issue of dealing with things because yep. fatigue on yeah. took over you. Before, um, before I even had any thought of practicing the presence of the Lord because I wasn't walking with the Lord, I wasn't saved. Um, the devil fed me the line. The harder you work, the more energy you get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know we could change that rest and relaxation to reload. Yeah, yeah. to reload. That's, that's what Jesus was doing is reload. You know what happened in that case I was telling you about with me, these little guys up here. You know what finally happened? Almost there was to a point I was like on the top of the fence here, and thinking, oh no, you know, and I hear the I hear this voice. I'm here. You know the voice it's that these guys have been. Oh, no one will see you. No one's here. You're by yourself. And he says, "I'm here." And that settled it right. <laughs> that put a stop to anything on the red side. Okay. That's sometimes what we got to realize. Uh, walking, mm -hmm. practicing that presence is just to be conscious. If there's agitation and panic in it, it's not God. Yeah. And then it say follow after peace. Mm -hmm.
You know, it says follow after the peace of God. The peace that passes all understanding will keep, will guard your hearts and mind. Mm -hmm. Philippians 4, 6. Mm -hmm. It'll keep your hearts and minds. And it says, think on these things. Good, pure, holy. You know, a whole list of things. Betty will on. tell you that's, she says, Dwayne's always saying 4, 8. Philippians 4, 8. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. 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 <laughs> So that's practicing the presence, getting mm -hmm. hold of the thought life and all that. Now, what we're actually that was a recap of what's gone on before. Tonight, uh, we, we're getting into the aspect in the in the fight club atmosphere, the the warrior atmosphere of uh, character. Whenever we, you know, I, I run into so much of a counseling and, and just seeing everyday average Christians and talking to people and stuff realizing they're sitting there they're wanting God to do this for them or they're wanting God to use them to do this or that and their character is there's so many holes in the fence of their character that there's no way I'm struggling with that right now well, we, we, we all we, we, we all have that it's 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 you know you want to break down and cry sometimes I don't know about you but I do I mean with, with my physical yeah. you know and, and and now the doctor's talking about the mental part of it now and I'm yeah. like I shouldn't have to be put on drugs to help me. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's, I sit there and I I describe it as the Incredible Hulk method yeah. with David Banner, how he's calm. And then I get agitated so quick and all of a sudden it, it, I turn into the Hulk. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's. We're going to ask I, Becky to film that for funny song videos, right? <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad because because the night of our anniversary last week, uh, I was fine all day, and then the doctor called at uh, 730, 7.30 that night and said, what's your blood sugar? And it was like 5.8. Oh, that's almost comatose. Right. Though. Well, that's what he said. He goes, uh, and I I turned into the Hulk. I just blew up, and yeah. I, I didn't want to hear nothing, and I went to bed. And he called me three times. And Becky, Becky was just, she was in panic. She was, she was, she got a hold of me. Yeah, she was really I mean, upset. she was freaking out. And she told me, and the doctor said, if you fall asleep, you might not wake up. Yeah. And she checked me two hours later, and it was, it was over 600. It was still going on. Yeah. yeah. And she called my sister, my adopted sister down in Kansas City, and all she did was cuss me out. And I didn't want to hear that. I just, I just rolled over. And then she called another buddy of mine, my best friend down, down in Toluca. And he said, he goes, Bub, he goes, it's up to you. Yeah. So, and well, then I called the, I, I told Becky, okay, fine, I'll go. And I, I called the doctor back and he, and I said, Our, can, can you direct admit me? He goes, I can't do that, but I, I will call him and say you're right away. And when I got there, it was like 540, it was starting to come down, but, yeah. but with, with that and the infection in my bladder after surgery and everything, you know. It's still a danger zone. Yeah, it really you know, is. I, and I had another infection, so they threw me in the hospital. Yeah, how are you doing with the diet that uh, that we heard about? About we got back weeks. onto it um, after surgery. It, it was it was a nightmare after surgery. So you know, and, and Becky goes, we need to get back on it, and we're back on it now. So good. So yeah, yeah I, I understand all that. You know, I I uh, <laughs> deal with her. We probably we all have something probably. They yeah. all have something that, yeah. that tries to jump on us and, and hinder. One of the things, one of the things that I have a little trouble having compassion is when, when people are, oh, pray for me, I've got lung cancer or whatever kind of cancer, and they're sitting there lighting these up. 
the same time I'm like, yeah. whoa, <laughs> what are you to, doing? It's hard to help those when they can't help themselves. Right, you know, you, you don't, but the, but the same principle applies in this area of we don't, this character thing, we don't want to sit there and leave holes in our fences when we're trying to move forward in God and be part of the army and the warriors and, and leave these holes in our armors and all that because we're not quite doing right. The character isn't quite holding up there. Now, it's defined as this, the will to do what's right as defined by God, regardless of personal cost to ourselves. Think about that. It's, it's the, the will to do what's right as, deem, as deemed by God, regardless of what it costs us to do it. That's important. Um, one of the things, it's, it's having a pre-purpose or a pre-decision in your heart to do what's right. And right is always determined by God from his word and your conscience that is submitted to his word. A conscience can't get burned up. A conscience, I mean, Hitler is a good example. Different ones through history, good example. The conscience can get burned and just pretty well destroyed, not even functioning anymore and all that. But if it's submitted to, the, to God, to the word, you can, help, you can rely on the conscience to, to uh, help guide you, okay? What's the song, Always Let Your Conscience Be Your Guide? Uh, Jimmy Cricket, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Sing that one. <laughs> I, got, I was telling someone the other day, I said, me and Dola have to watch out. We'll make cultural references. Mm-hmm. And, and these people we're talking to were born 20 years ago. They've never seen these things or heard of them. <laughs> we got to remember where we are who we're talking to. <laughs> that is an old reference. Well, the, the kids have heard me sing yeah. <laughs> now, a man of character does what's right because it's right, not because it's convenient. You ever faced a situation like that? You ever done faced a situation yeah. you have a choice to make? Yeah. Here's something well, that's one, uh, easier and more convenient, or do what's right. Yeah. One, one thing my dad instilled on me, and he was sorry he did at one point because I was thinking for myself by that point and I, I knew when something was wrong. But he said, when, you're, when you know you're right, even if everybody else is wrong, stick to doing what you know is right. As a kid, I, I got in all kinds of trouble with the fellow students because they would want to do this or that or whatever and I'd say, no, I'm not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a kid, coming up in school. And all that. I, I I never I was never the in crowd. You were a loner. I wasn't a loner exactly, but I there were there there was a, t- a two or three other weirdos well, <laughs> in the school that would, that's would what they gravitate my way. If you don't follow the in crowd, you're a loner. Yeah. yeah. Prior prior to middle oh, school, I was. I'm a maverick. I was. Yeah. The in crowd. <laughs> so what but we then I transferred and you were just yeah. a <laughs> Psalm chapter fifteen. Psalm chapter fifteen. Uh, look at a profile of a man of character. That is one of the best encapsulations of what a man of character behaves like. Psalm number 15. It starts off, Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary, who may live on your holy hill. In other words, he's asking God, what, what is your measurement? What's your mark? What should they strive for to meet that mark to dwell in your holy hill? And uh, first of all, Psalm 15, 2, it's going to be a man of integrity. You read through there. Mm-hmm. A man of integrity. And then, uh, number two, the same verse, a man of action. A man of action. Number three in the same verse, a man of honesty. So important. So important. 
Number four, a man of encouragement, 15.3, verse 3. A man who encourages. Number five, a man of honor. Psalm 15.4, a man of honor. Did you know this is another series message? There's something called the Royal Family Honor Code that I've heard explained in the, in the New Testament among the, the new creation, the new spiritual species that never existed before. There's an honor code among the Christians. There could be a lot of things can be gone over in that. The, how we should behave, how, the attitude we should have to one another, the way we should speak to one another, the way we should hold the other one's arms, shoulders up when needed. The way we should love, as Jesus said, love is my commandment that you love one another. So, a man of honor. And then you've got uh, number six, seven, a man of his word. That's what it says there in the verse there, 15.4, I believe. It says, he that swears to his own hurt and changes not. I've done that in contracting many, many times. Would, would, would maybe not paying close enough attention to specifications and put something that would have been uh, it would have been less expensive for me to do it a different way but I had the more expensive way to, and I stayed at that and did it that way because I had it in writing it was my word okay uh, and then number seven number seven a man of generosity Psalm 15 5 talks about a man of generosity a man who care who cares for the poor a man who makes sure his family is properly supplied and cared for. Not just the ones in the immediate house, but all around. Kinfolks are taken care of. That's the man, the profile of a man of character. That's the one that acts acceptably in the eyes of our Father God and of Jesus. That's a man who follows the Royal Family Honor Code, actually. Mm -hmm. so, uh, there is a promise to a man of character in Psalm 15.5. He who does these things will never be shaken. That's not talking about disco, shake your booty. That's it's talking about he'll never be shaken. First of all, the ability to stand firm, to stay steady. It says that in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says, My brothers, be, be steadfast, unmovable, always overflowing and abounding in the work of the Lord because you know your work is not in vain in the Lord. So always stay settled and steadfast. Uh, and don't be as in Tulsa, we had a kind of a joke, a jesting phrase. We talked about folks that, that end up being cruisomatics. You ever heard of a cruisomatic? They're charismatic, because like Tulsa is like the Jerusalem, <laughs> is, the, is like the Jerusalem of the charismatic movement, spirit-filled folks, you know, charismatic movement and all. Of course, there's Dad Hagen, T.L. Osborne, Billy Joe, are all those different well-known guys, Mr. Dare, and so there was the joke around there, the, the cruisomatics, you know, at, uh, at the school I went to, Rama, uh, Art Rama Bible Training Center, well after a while the joke was this is Rama Bridal Training Center, so many gals came to get their MRS degree while they were there, you know, that, that kind of thing was going on. Uh, they made a joke about uh, the granola Christians, the granola, what's in a box of granola? Fruits, nuts, and flakes. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so the man of character overcame those issues <laughs> fruits nuts and flakes and the mrs degree and all that stuff you know 
No, I, 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 at school I can remember, here I was, a young Apostle Paul. I'm gonna, you know, I actually said, I'm going to be like the Apostle Paul. I don't need a wife. I don't want any of that. I'm, I'm going to be like the Apostle Paul, bless God. And those were famous last words. <laughs> I said, I, don't, I want to serve God without the hindrance and without the distraction of a wife or anything, or kids or anything like that. And there were times, I'm telling I was so caught up in that. I'd be walking, there, there were times, these were pretty girls at the school. Uh, they'd be walking by and slow down and kind of look over at me and kind of go like that, you know, the eyeballs or whatever it is they do. Make sure they glance back over their shoulder. Yeah, over their shoulder and, yeah. you know, like, like on Lady <laughs> in the Tramp, a well-turned paw, remember mm -hmm. that little phrase? <clears throat> they, were, they, were like, they were desirable, I guess you could say, from a, a visual standpoint, but I was so caught up in that thought pattern of I'm going to be an apostle. I'm going to be like the apostle Paul. I've never seen him. It, it was like I had my duck feathers on. There's water going off the duck feathers. See, uh -huh. we, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make myself laugh I don't watch it <laughs> number one the ability to stand firm the promise to the character a man of character and number two failure is not an option where do I get that from Psalm 37 23 13. I was going to say Apollo 13 <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> they borrowed it from Psalm 37 okay right. 22 through 34 for the Lord delights in a man's way he makes his steps firm. The word man there, the Hebrews had different words for man. And it's the word gibor, which means a mighty warrior for God. He delights in a mighty warrior for God's way. He makes his steps firm. Though he stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Excuse me. Cookies. So that's, that's the promise. Number one, he'll stand firm. Number two... He can't fail. Have y'all heard of Kevin Zadai? I would I highly recommend if you get the chance go on YouTube and type in Kevin's Kevin Zadai, Z-A-D-A-I. Mm -hmm. He is affiliated now with Jesse Duplantis Ministries, goes to that out of that church. But he's a he he was in Tulsa the same time I was and attended the same school. He also died, went to heaven, he has the big testimony and all that. He travels around the world and he still uh, he shares how the Lord has appeared or took him up and, and shared some things with him. Very powerful stuff. Uh, he'd be well worth listening to, well worth building yourself up spiritually because he says a lot of great things that come directly from the Lord. So uh, character killers, we need to look at that, character killers, things that maybe we're all dealing with in different areas and, and stuff. Flexible, bendable standards and values. In other words, we're not set. We're not going to get in the face of the devil and say, no, nope, no, nope, not doing that. We're bendable, flexible. Proverbs 11.3, the integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the unfaithfulness, the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Duplicity means two-facedness. They're, they're one way, they're happy and smiling at church. They're another way when they leave the church building. Duplicity, they're, they're destroyed because they're, un, they're unfaithful. Uh, number two, a blurred, distorted vision of manhood, Proverbs 28, 18. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Where there is not, it actually, remember God said to one of the other prophets, write the vision and make it plain. In other words, people need to understand this. There needs to be a vision of manhood, of authentic, true, godly manhood that we need to follow, we need to strive after. 
And so where that doesn't happen, what happens? The people are unrestrained. In Judges, it says there was no prophet, there was no open vision, there was no word from God in those days, so everybody did what was right in his own eyes. And what happens when that happens? <laughs> we get everything we see around this country today, don't we? Yeah, I was going to say that's what's happening now. Yeah. Guys, we, we had back a few weeks ago, they had no vision because they did not do what God told them in passing on the traditions and the stories um, of what God had done. And so there arose a generation that didn't know God. Yeah. That's it. There were, were the open vision. Well, the verse in Proverbs, it's, it's better translated where there is no redemptive revelation, where there's not the word to go by. There's mm -hmm. no revelation to the people. The yeah. people are unrestrained. The people go wild and go crazy, do whatever they feel like. It's, it's important. Now, you've forgotten that. We have. Now, shortcuts, here's another thing that's a character killer taking shortcuts to maturity and true manhood. James 1 4. So don't try to get out of anything primarily, uh, prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. That's a powerful verse right there. Don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you can become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Now, Romans 5, 3 and 4. We know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character confident expectation, hope. That's what the word means in, in, the, in the Bible. Hope means confident expectation. This is how it is and what it'll be. So we've, we've got the shortcuts that are a character killer. We've got an unguarded mind and heart. You know, it says in the Proverbs, guard your heart, Proverbs 4. Guard your heart with all your diligence and effort. Guard your heart. Out of it are the issues of life. Exactly. Uh, Romans 12, 2, do not conform any longer to the the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind there's a new pattern that needs to be uh, imprinted upon your brain circuit cells so that you think you have the mind of Christ that's what's coming through you in your thinking so an unguarded mind of height can be a character killer 2 Corinthians 10 5 take every thought to make it obedient to Christ like it like Philippians 4 8 think on these things make a choice to think on these things Practice the present. You're thinking on not so good things. Five minutes, not so good things. Guess what happens? Those not so good things take root, get into the, the circuits, and they start coming out of the mouth. Yeah, and I, start coming out of the actions. As I told Brian, uh, um, he had a bad attitude at his house before I took him to school, and I, I gave him a little time to cool off, and then I said to him you go into your day with a bad attitude, it'll, the, Satan will see that and he'll pick at that scab and keep it bleeding. Mm -hmm. Like a buzzard or something out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my grandmother always used to say, it's, it's, it's like making your bed. Mm -hmm. You start out your day making your bed, the devil doesn't have a place to land. He'll keep skipping off. Yep. Oh, okay. And if, if, if your bed's not made, yeah. there's a hump there he can... He has a chance to stop. Yep. It's it's set root. I thought you were gonna going to quote the Marine no, thing. That no. the guy that that starts off his day with making his bed and, and recommends everybody does that because they've accomplished something. Something to start off the to day. To start off the day, yeah. 
I've heard that speech. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I haven't heard that one. That's a good one. Yeah. Number five, friends who are foolish is a character killer. Proverbs thirteen twenty. <laughs> he who walks with wise, the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools is destroyed. My daddy was a prime example of that, a sharp old fella, sharp, not old, but he was a sharp man, uh, had all kinds of charisma about him, could get things done, move people, but he, uh, he ran with the wrong crowd. It, not that he was into dope or any crime, criminal things or anything like that, but it, it destroyed okay. his life, so to speak. So. I don't mean to be sure, but, but what do you do when you've got a bunch of friends all your life that are a bunch of fools? And they don't, they don't believe, but you do. Don't believe the word, you mean? Yeah. It's it, the word says it, it says here, First Corinthians ten five. I mean, First uh, uh, Corinthians fifteen twenty three. Do not be misled. Bad manners or friendships corrupt good character. The bad friendship, it, it rubs off. It, it's one thing. I mean, one thing I could tell you is that because we were from this far, people I used to be surrounded by. The more I grew in the word. The more I like to speak about the word, the more I like to speak about God. Right, the more sure. I came to present to everybody, like, hey, you know, Jesus is real. And, you know, they start reading the word with me. He's like, no, nah, man, you know, I don't smoke weed no more. I don't drink no more. You know, so. I got the most high now. Yeah. That's the way to say it. I, got, I found the most high. Then you'll, then, then, you'll, then you'll find out who your real friends are. Well, that's just it. Yeah, and so, so in a sense, you know, people started separating themselves from me. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't by choice because at the end of the day, I don't want to do what you, what, what you do, but instead, yeah. I want you to come with me with what I'm doing. Yeah. So in a sense, I wanted them to come with me, but you start they did. The they, but yeah, but they didn't want nothing. Yeah. They didn't want nothing to do with that. So they pulled themselves away from me. Yeah, their their girlfriends would want them to be around me because I was a good influence on them. They were no longer doing um, the harmful things to themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and then that's the other. You know, in a sense, that's the other issue that you start to walk into. Some, some of your mm-hmm. good sense rubs mm-hmm. off on them. But if, if you, 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 it says it in the Word, you don't do the things you used to do. You've moved into a higher realm of existence. So doing that, the best thing is to influence them to move your way. That's, you know, in contracting through the years, I, I had people that hadn't worked with me for 10 years call me up. They didn't, I didn't know they knew where I was because we'd moved to a different place. And they called me up and said, I just wanted you to know that uh, working with you, you, you had an effect on my life. I said, really, Tom? Uh, what's going on, man? He says, well, my wife and I, we've gotten baptized and we're members of such and such church in town 30 miles away. And our boys are baptized and we're all living for the Lord. We just wanted to let you know. That's the kind of thing. that we, You know, he, he was a, a turkey butt. I mean, this guy was in the crew. And uh, we teased him, gave him a hard time. And I gave him a hard time sometimes just to, to be mean, though. But the guy said, because of you rubbed off on me. Mm-hmm. And that's the important thing is that we need to be we need to be the ones in control. Mm-hmm. Not let the devil's crowd have the upper hand in our thinking, but we're the one. We're the Jedi Knights. We're the ones with the lightsaber of the word. Mm-hmm. Cut that garbage away and get it off. Yeah. Put that word in them. Let them taste and see if the Lord is good. So, we, we friends that are that are foolish do not be misled. Bad manners corrupt good character. 
what we do, we rub off on them if we're still around, if they're still hanging with us. Mm -hmm. Start rubbing off on them. Uh, number six, a disconnection from genuine relationships with authentic godly men will also be a character destroyer or hinder. Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end, it leads to death. And then 15, 22 of Proverbs, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. So the thing is, is as the warrior project, we come together in covenant as warriors together. What do we do? We can advise. Mm -hmm. I mean, Dwayne, Dwayne is, I, I'm, I'm, I've just known you, what, nine months, eight months now? Yeah, nine months? Like We've been here seven, I'm going on eight months now at the church as pastors, mm -hmm. but I met Dwayne before we spoke and all that. And, and what I, I, one of the things I've noticed, Dwayne is, there's a lot of wisdom in the guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, Dwayne, he's a good guy to listen to. I'm old. Well, the, the, the gray hair is helpful. It says in the Bible, the gray hair is a crown of glory if it's found the way of righteousness. So, why? Because there's been, that's a sign of wisdom. The, the uh, I guess the, uh, the advancing age pulls the, the stupidity out of the hairs and makes them turn white. <laughs> So, but some people are old, don't end up with the wisdom. No, no. Some people it doesn't work on. But I do appreciate that. But I think each of us, each of us has treasure that we can share with each other mm -hmm. as authentic, true men of God Amen. and help each other. Yeah. And, you know, and it says in the Word, the older fellers should help the younger fellows every way they can in mm -hmm. wisdom and understanding. So, yeah. you know, and I, I'm probably... I don't know what your age is, but I just turned 39 plus shipping and handling in December. I turned 60 in December, so. I will be 69 August 26. Really? I didn't. I didn't realize you was up that far. No, most people don't think that. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid. Skeely's kids know how old I am, but they don't <laughs> think I'm that old. <laughs> when I was a kid, if you were 65, you were falling apart. This is back no. in the 70s. I was disappointed when I got that pipe by 30 because I wasn't supposed to trust anybody beyond that age. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't and trust myself the, Suddenly it's pointed at you now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Praise God. So did you get anything out of tonight? Oh, yeah. It was good. What, uh, who have you known that model the traits from our profiles of character in Psalm 15? Who have you known like that? I've had pastors like that through the personally years. Personally or, yeah, personally. or people that are heroes? No, people that you've known. Oh. Who have you known? Because hmm. they don't, people in our, nor our normal lives don't tend to get all that famous a lot of the time. Yeah. I'm thinking of in, in my... I think in, in, in a lot of ways, my, my friend that passed a few years ago, um, that his girlfriend said I had a good influence on him. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I, I respect.